And so, thanks to Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride, we slide gracefully into this Christmas special podcast with me, JJ. And me, Haz. Haz, you're wearing an actual sparkly headdress there. Yes, I have fashioned my own headwear for this special occasion. It is a headband from Claire's Accessories. And then I've wrapped around it some fairy lights quite precariously. The battery's literally hanging off the back of my ear. I don't know how safe this is, but I feel festive. That looked like a, a yeah, festive earring there, but I, you're, you're right, it is actually a battery. You put me to shame, you know, I'm just standing here in my dressing gown, for it is quite early in the morning, um, and, and looking very non-festive. Where are you? Because you're in a hotel room somewhere. <sighs> I don't know if I can tell you where I am. You know when you go to so many different places and you, you check in at reception and you're like, where am I, please? I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling, that must be so hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. The travel lodges, darling. Um, I am currently in Birmingham and um, I will be for the next hour and then I go to Nottingham and then we go to Glasgow. Do you know, when I hear the words Birmingham and Glasgow, there is a big urge within me to put on the accent, which I can't do, and I'm not going to do now. But it's just one of the, I hear the word Birmingham, and I have to try and say it in a Birmingham accent. Let's not do it. Uh, Let's not do absolutely it. Absolutely not. But are you the same? Yes, especially with the Irish and Liverpoolians as well. I have to... Yes, I, that happens. I just, I love the accent so much. It's like an appreciation. And Cardiff as well. I Saying the city name you know with a Welsh accent I think again I'm not going to go there because my wife tells me I'm very bad at accents. Uh, I, so. I will also tell you yes I second her on that also uh, can we not talk about Cardiff I'm feeling homesick I'm feeling so homesick oh dear I'm sorry about that I'm very sorry about that but let's let's try and bring some Christmas cheer back in I thought we could do an extended treasure swap so it feels like almost like a Christmas giving underneath the tree um, and the big question we have today listeners is, is is Christmas music always cheesy? You know, does it have to be cheesy? And if so, what are what are the things that make Christmas music cheesy? What are the go-to stereotypes in classical music that makes Christmas music cheesy? So we've prepared, well, just four little snippets for you, haven't we, Has of of pretty cheesy but very 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 beautiful Christmas music, and we're just going to try and break it down. And I'm going to start the ball rolling, or the bauble rolling. Hey. With jingle bells. I mean, we have to go there, don't we? And and when you see an orchestral jingle bells, it's actually a flat piece of wood with evenly spaced symmetrical bells, and and it takes quite a lot of skill actually to make sure they're dead on time. They meet with the conductor's beat. Um, none more so than in Prokofiev's Troika. Let's have a listen. Jingle, jungle, jungle balls. Does that work? 
No, no. that does not work <laughs> on lots of levels. Tell me what you've got that's Christmassy. Okay. Apart from Jungle Balls. That's... <laughs> It's awful. So I've gone for the classic. Of course, I've gone for a film score um, by John Williams. And I've chosen Home Alone for two very, very special reasons. Firstly, for the Celeste, because as soon as I hear that, apart from Harry Potter, I just think magic and loveliness and, you know, snow falling and also children's choir. Oh, you're so right. Mm. Do you know, I feel out-Christmased already somehow. <laughs> We've turned this into a competition, or I have. But, oh, you've got a double whammy there. Celeste and Children's Choir. Mm-hmm. has that is incredibly twinkly but i think i can up the twinkliness here never with (laughs) well i'm going to give it a go here's rimsky korsakoff's christmas eve and we've got a touch just a splash a glitter if you will of glockenspiel and um violin trills and it's all in the upper register and it's like a snow frosting Well, I see your trills and your glockenspiel, and I raise you Tchaikovsky. So we're going to have <laughs> Nutcracker now. This is, like, I hate this word, quintessential, but quintessential Christmas because it's Dance of the Snowflakes, a Waltz of the Snowflakes even. You've got the trills, you've got all the percussion, you've got the niceness and the snow falling, and it's an and, and, and a children's choir. You snuck a children's choir back in there. I think that's almost cheating. <laughs> but as it's Christmas and as it's Tchaikovsky, and as it's a bit of Tchaikovsky we don't often hear in the traditional Nutcracker Suite, no. I'm going to let you off. Let's have a listen. Do you know what has you've got to have a little bit of Tchaikovsky at Christmas so I thank you for that and it is wonderfully festive it really is it has all the bells and whistles literally in the nutcracker I'm going to try and keep it equally as classy with my my final pick mm. and I think of Christmas stereotypes and sound and I think brass bands yeah and this though might be a surprise this is the Berlin Philharmonic brass letting mm. their hair down they're going to swing they're going to go Latin American 
and there are quotes from all sorts of carols. Well, we in fact start with a little snippet from I'm Singing in the Rain, which is, <laughs> I mean, it fits in, it fits in. Um, yeah. and, and it is raining here in Bristol, I don't know about you. I was going to say, that's a classic UK Christmas, Singing in the Rain. That is wonderfully festive and and just beautiful to hear um, and swinging as well. Great. It's not often you hear the Berlin Phil brass swing. No, it's brilliant. Um, And I feel like I'm going to, you know, let the tone slightly mellow a bit now with my counter to that. I decided to pick Oh Holy Night. And why not? And, And it's so beautiful. And I remember hearing this years ago and it was on songs of praise or something like that and it was like and here is the nation's favorite carol i remember thinking what a load of bum this is the worst carol i've ever heard bring back silent night bring back away in a manger bring back rudolph i didn't really understand that rudolph wasn't a carol um but i remember my mom saying look when you're older you'll really like this one and now i am older but i really love this one Well, let's see if some of our young composers of today can avoid Christmas cliché. I think they've treated the stereotypes that we've talked about um, with great care, actually, and, and brought mm. some some lovely sounds in. So these are young composers that went on a course organised by Arts Active in St David's Hall uh, over the October half-term, and their brief was to come up with a Christmas carol for a fine quartet of singers um, and they were treated then to a performance of their carol by those singers. Let's just listen to some of the beautiful results from that October half term. I'm in my second year of A-levels and I'm going to be applying for composition at university. So this is the first time I'd had an opportunity to write for voices, so I was excited to take on that challenge. 
Um, personally, I'm a huge fan of musical theatre, and in particular Sondheim's work. So that was definitely a big influence on my piece. Some of my favourite songs from musicals are the songs where you get loads of different characters all singing their own separate parts and it comes together and creates this amazing polyphonic, really rich texture. So when I was writing my piece, I tried to always keep in mind that I was writing for four voices, not one voice and accompaniment. And while there were definitely moments of clear homophony, I tried to make each part shine as much as possible throughout the whole piece. Writing for the singers in their latest composition course is something that I thoroughly enjoy doing as I sing as a tenor and a choir myself. My inspiration behind this particular composition was all the joyful aspects of the preparations for Christmas Day and the various events that take place around this time as the choirs sing and the church bells are ringing. To add variation in the verses, I decided to give the tenor part the melody in the second verse, with soprano, alto and bass singing a soft accompanying part. Although I had the option of including a piano accompaniment, I felt that this piece was better performed unaccompanied, with the singers performing the sound of the bells as a link between each verse. Bravo. Bravo indeed. Um, it, it's particularly hard to try and reinvent the, the sound of Christmas uh, and make it your own. I think there is a, a big burden from the past, as we've discovered. It's very clever to, to write for what you know. I did an arts active composition course for some young composers again uh, around the same time, but this time it was for harp, flute and viola. And my goodness, the people who played viola really gave me a hard time when they were all extended techniques. And I thought, oh, no, they really know the instrument. So <laughs> it was the hardest. Whereas when we had a harpist, you know, compose, our lovely, beautiful harpist Meg was thinking, oh, crumbs. There's a lot of chords here. We always kind of hope that it's someone who just wants four chords, <laughs> canon in D. <laughs> but when they know what they're talking about, it's um, it's lovely. You get, you know, even more from the composition and, and yeah, very clever writing. Do you know, harp is notoriously difficult to write for. Mm. And it takes a lot of prep for any classical composer to know quite what the mechanics are and how to bring it the best out of the instrument and it it makes me feel we ought to have included harp actually in our go-to christmas stereotypes oh, we should have with those lovely and with that beautiful harp dreamlike 
transition. What a lovely way to go into sort of do, 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 do. this is the year that was. <laughs> and we can pick some of our favourite pieces from the Upbeats playlist that's available on Spotify. It is on Spotify and you can access it via the Arts Active website as well. It's a very long playlist now. I'm very proud of it's it. It's so long. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's definitely a Birmingham to Glasgow playlist for sure. Brilliant. Well, I'm feeling quite nostalgic already because I was looking at this in preparation and we, we go back to, well, I'm going to go back to November 2020. Can you believe we've been together for this oh long? Oh my gosh. I actually can't believe it. And we actually met on an orchestra course, sort of commiserating each other with a with a little glass of whiskey after a hard day's work of, well, I don't know, educating the youth of today. And I remember that. <laughs> started, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember the whiskey. Which is also yeah, very Christmas. Amazing. Yeah. So which would you pick from our vast back catalogue? So this was one that you introduced me to, and I remember at the time saying, I really love that, I'm gonna to listen to that. And I've added it to so many different playlists of mine, including like morning walk or chilled vibes doing the washing up. And this is the Bill Evans love theme from Spartacus. Ooh, great choice. So, John, what would be your ultimate? I know you can't pick one, but if you had to add a push, one from the playlist, what would yours be? Oh, dear me. Well, I, as I said, I, I went back to the Not Quite Christmas episode from 2020 when we were looking at mm. all things wintry, what makes music cold and winter-like. Yes. And I think one particularly effective piece for me was In, In the White Silence by John Adams. And it starts with this dreamy winterscape for strings. Well, let's keep this retrospective going and, and just look back perhaps to the nearer past. I'd love to ask you, Has, as we come to our sign-off for this year, what has been your favourite gig of the year, either to play in or to listen to? 
Or to listen to, I have to admit, I haven't been to as many concerts as I've wanted to. And I think I'm partly proud because it means that I'm busy and that's great. Hurrah. Um Hooray, I know I feel I feel bad if I if I complain about being busy because during the pandemic all we wanted to do was work. Um but certainly the 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 times I've most enjoyed recently have been playing in a Christmas string quartet and touring the UK and the it's all, mostly girls that I'm traveling with. It just feels like family. There's something lovely about seeing the same faces every time and being like, yes, did a good job then. Right then, see you tomorrow. And it's that lovely, you don't have to be too polite. We can do car journeys in silence and then turn up and do a fantastic gig and then go get McDonald's and go home. And I've just loved it. I've loved it, loved it. Well, I was with you right up until the McDonald's, but that's lovely camaraderie going on there. Yeah, it just makes the music even nicer. Yes, yes. And to have that kindred spirit. So are you playing in quartets mainly? Yes, at the moment. And it's really nice. And and all my friends are the sort of people who are like, I'll play second, I'll play viola. Um, and not the sort of, let me play the solo all the time. Because <laughs> that can be quite irritating. And tell you who does play the solo all the time, me on the violin. Uh-huh. Wonderful, because we know you as a, a violist, so that's good to know you get some violin solos too. <laughs> and that's a that's a push as well. Um, so yeah, it would be quartet. What about you? What's been your favourite to play in or go to see? Well, just as luck would have it, and we didn't plan this, did we, Has? No, we don't plan anything, John. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, as luck would have it. It's also a quartet gig that I saw in St. George's in Bristol um, in in recent months. It was by Catour Agathe, to use their French name, or the Agatha mm. Quartet, which doesn't sound quite so classy, does it? Yeah, not nearly as uh, amazingly Spanish. <laughs> or French. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that too. I mean, so Catour Agathe, um, they are the bee's knees. I have to say, I was in tears for a lot of the concert so that's why oh. I'm going to say it was the most moving concert in its own really intimate way and in and in that acoustic it worked particularly well and they were playing some Brahms Now I thought we could have oh. have them send us away into the Christmas lights but before we do that has I feel um we we ought to have a Welsh happy Christmas and a dollar clown fly then now isn't it Vloy the Noah's our pal and yeah have a lovely lovely Christmas and a happy new year to you John. Thank you so much Haz and to you it's been wonderful having our conversations we look forward to continuing them in the new year and also from me very very happy peaceful and a warm if you can Christmas to you all thanks so much for joining us this year. Mm-hmm.